Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Henry Guo from Petrum. Henry, it's really nice to have you. Brad, thank you for inviting me. This is a pleasure. So, I know you gave my name and little company. I want to give a quick introduction. So yeah. I lead all product management, product marketing and design for industrial business unit. Petrum is an enterprise AI company really focused on how do we build the next generation AI and the industrial business unit is really our most mature business unit where we've applied a lot of our AI expertise and also our technology to our customers. So in this space, we're talking to like largest Fortune 50 oil and gas companies, cement manufacturers, steel manufacturers, chemicals, any of these manufacturers, really showcasing how AI can drive their business. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I think of AI and obviously, you know, it gets a lot of hype, but it's interesting to see how it can be applied to, you know, a lot of these <laughs> industries. And what does that look like for you guys? Like how is AI connected with cement manufacturing and what does all <laughs> that, that look like? Good question. We actually started as a founder, Eric Shing was a professor from Carnegie Mellon University, which I went for undergrad. It really was a fundamental about AI and research and pushing the frontiers. But we've really found a really good position for us. And you you asked a very good question. How does that actually work? So that's what, you know, this podcast really appeals to me, the lifeline customer is because with AI, that really needs to understand the depth of the customer needs, right? AI is not easy. We're still not fully, I think, you know, it's going through transformation. A lot of companies are doing this. Our earliest customer was actually a global uh, cement manufacturer called Semex. So what we did there is we actually understood what did you guys need? What, 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 are you, what are you building, right? We had to actually go understand how do you take raw limestone, crush it, and then go through all these different heating mechanisms to actually output this awesome cement. So our team is built around what we call machine learning engineers, really PhDs, masters in this machine learning AI. And then we also have very smart individuals who were practitioners, who used to be chemical engineers, who used to be back in like uh, Chevron's and the parts of the world who knows all these different processes, because you need both of these mirroring aspects. You can't just throw AI into the wild and expect customers to have that. So what we did was we worked with the customer, identified their needs, and actually understood what each of the parameters are. What is their, what's called manipulative variables, control variables, and disturbance variables. Control variables, think about it being constraints. I don't want to be above 1,000 Fahrenheit because then my cement products get ruined. I don't want to go too fast because my machinery will get ruined. So we have all these parameters. I'm talking about hundreds and thousands, and then we narrowed it down to about 20 top ones. And with AI, we're doing these machine learning and building these very, very interesting algorithms. But we also want to make sure the human elements in there. We want to make sure our sponsor, who are the digital transformation team, it's understanding how the AI is happening. So this whole idea of expendable AI and then the operators, they need to understand we're not just doing black magic. There's, there's a math, there's a science to it, and there's a methodology. So we do a lot of um, initially starts with proof of concepts, but then we do what's called open loop testing. We actually show them if you do these type of scenarios, we click on you change this manipulative variables, you change these control constraints. This is what the output is. And we run that for a couple of weeks and then they feel comfortable. Okay, you guys are actually doing really, really well. And for AI, we actually built out a very easy to use control panel called human machine interface, HMI, because 
humans mm. need a tool to access it. We don't just want to, like I said, throw a lot of companies are doing this. AI will throw this to store in the background. Things are getting done. Maybe, but I, even me, as a, you know, I'm driving a car, I want to at least see this. I want to see as much as I know. And in factories, even more so, you're talking about millions of dollar machinery. So once that happened, we actually then started to using AI led automation. So we started with what's called ball mills, where you crush the different cements. Then we have pyro and kin, where you heat it up and cooler. So all these different machineries actually had different algorithms. And then our um, industrial AI platform, it's a cloud native. You could do it on-premise or in the um, public cloud, really tied everything together. So we're actually doing holistic from the uh, raw crushing to the actual finished cement, running this with our software. What allowed us is the platform and also the deep understanding of our customers and bringing them along as we get forward. Because a lot of times the biggest challenge is not the technology and that stuff is very, very hard. And we work very, very hard at it. But to get the customers feel comfortable and accepting, I think that's the biggest challenge of the AI. And we're not you know, replacing humans. And there's, there's a component of augmentation. So what are they doing now is they can focus on other aspects of safety where we are then doing the actual productions. So what we've seen with our customers, about 7% increase in yield and energy savings. For cement, that's actually huge, especially our energy saving component, because I think they produce something with like 67% of all carbon emissions. It's a very energy intensive industry. So that's one thing we're very, very proud of is just beyond just putting more throughput of, of cement, but actually the energy saving of it aspect. And, and oh, that's totally. Been, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about the marketing aspect of this. Obviously, very complex product. There's, yes. a, there's a lot that goes into it. How do you market a service like this and the, or you know, a, a platform and yeah. software and all that kind of stuff? How do you break it down and make it so it's understandable to your customer base and all that? Brad's a great question. Um, so it is tough. I mean, my previous company was at VMware and Cisco. Now I use analogy of Cisco, and they evolved quite a bit since I've been there. But you know, they were selling servers and routers. It's very much I give you X router, it does 10% better than the last one. So you you buy me and, and I'm good to go and I come back to you. Maybe, you know, I talk a joke with my salespeople. We come back in two years' time when the renewal is happening, right? Yeah. AI, it, it's very different. You really need to understand what their problem statement is. We start with the workshops, right? We actually have to kind of a lot of pre-sales, kind of these discovery workshops. We bring our VP of machine learning who actually has to understand and break down these use cases, understand, hey, is AI even possible here? I mean, does it even make sense? Because that's, that's one of the biggest things right now we've countered is there's just you know, 10,000 asks and AI can't do everything the way even better than humans. So we need to find the ones that do. So we need to understand their, their use case. And then we have these workshops, then we bring our understanding. So how you market to this is all about understanding what their needs is, who the persona is. It's very important who your persona is. And then, you know, finding that uh, balance between what is their need is yield, right? They want to get more. They want to spend the same amount of resources, but getting more output, or they want to uh, safety constraints. So we do predictive maintenance. If that's happening, how do you know when things are going to be broken down? So what we do a lot of times would work very well for us. We do drip campaigns, ones who participated in our previous webinars and the ones and then we present very much case-driven scenarios. We use a lot of case studies so they can mm-hmm. say, oh, I am a, also a, a oil gas company. I've done fractionation. I've done distillation. I've done continuous reaction. So these are the kind of things that start spurring their minds. And then we go through these workshops where they kind of bring them along, demo this, our software, and then also showcase our case studies. And that's where 
it helps a lot. And this being AI ML space, the good part is it is everybody wants to know it. The bad part is everybody doesn't know it, right? It's, it's still kind of a nascent industry. So a lot of it's just teaching, right? It's teaching people and then bringing them along. Sometimes it's a mix between the hard sell where we say, hey, this is what you can do. But a lot of it's a soft sell, bringing them along. This is AI. It's a part of a computer science discipline. It takes different components. You can do machine learning. You don't always need deep learning. Sometimes you can do simpler algorithms. Sometimes you need very complicated algorithms. Depends on the scenario. So a lot of that is the marketing aspect. And what we also found very, works very well is um, these conferences, both industry conferences and tech conferences. When we go there, we have ability to have that face-to-face -face interaction, which of course in the past year and a half has been a little bit of a challenge, but a lot of our previous leads came from these ones where we have this initially usually starts with what is AI? You know, we just have a conversation and then we start saying, hey, this is the different companies we've worked with. This is what the results they've seen and evolves from there. So that's at least for us has been working. Totally. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's shift a little bit to your experience as a marketer and, you know, all of your background and knowledge there. What advice would you give to others listening in terms of really creating these deep lifelong customer relationships with your customer base? You know, you got a ton of experience, obviously, in selling <laughs> complex products. What general advice would you give to those listening in terms of doing all this very well? Very important question. And also another caveat here, I used to be a management consultant in my previous life before I became uh, back embedded in technology and product management. So, nice. you know, my, my view is also going to be colored by my consulting experiences, but you need to understand your customers. You need to understand their personas. You know, a APC engineer is a little bit different than operators who are different than the director, senior director uh, of data science and analytics in the company, right? So as you bring these marketing along, you have to have different messaging and positioning for these different roles. And you need to calibrate that. You can't have a all catch all. So you need to kind of put yourself in the mind and the voice of the customers when you design pitch decks, or sorry, when you design customer decks, when you present to them, when you educate your salespeople, you have to understand who are they targeting. If this case is we're, we're presenting to the senior director of data analytics or the transformation, digital transformation team, you know, the different type of messaging need to be slightly tailored differently. You know, we're cutting edge, we're leading this way. And this is where you see where you're talking with like the VP of North American operations. We'll have a little bit different uh, messaging. You know, we'll talk more about the results, the case studies, the different yield optimizations, how you, they can see dollars and cents when we do these presentations. So a lot of that's understanding who you're trying to target to. So you have that message. And the second one is you need to make sure your sales teams, right? Your sales team needs to have a consistent message. That's one thing I worked a lot in my previous company, VMware, and here too. As a marketer, you need to hammer in. You know, one thing I think works pretty well for me is having what's called a uh, kind of data sheet that you have a common vocabulary, common phrases, and a battle card for the sales team. So they know when these questions happen, what these terms are, so everybody kind of get on the same page. I've seen customer engagements where that struggles because the salespeople didn't really have a chance to read it or didn't think it needed it. Then the messaging between what he said, what their sales engineers, and what's you know marketing is saying is different. That's when things start breaking down. And I think the third piece is over-deliver if you can. You know, make sure you explain ahead of time what the customers can expect. Don't give surprises. So one thing we've done that didn't work as well, one engagement was, you know, we say, hey, I can do all this. And a customer came back and be like, well, why is this not doing? So we didn't give that aspect of saying, hey, you know, you will take some time. We need your input. That's one thing about AI. We actually need customer uh, subject matter input. They need to give us, a work with us, we call it an AI configuration management tool, 
where they need to give us their inputs, how much, how high their constraints are, because we can model anything out, but we need to know from your point of view, you know, what is your safety bound constraints? That came as a surprise for customers. You know, that, that made it a very awkward conversation. You know, I've now talked to my sales team. We need to have that ahead of time. They need to know expectations. You know, once again, AI is not black magic. They would need to give us inputs. So they need to allocate about an hour in the first two weeks to give us this, this data and help us to understand what to make out of it. So this is, I think the three main ones of marketing is one, <clears throat> tailor your message, know your audience, get the persona. Two, get your sales team to make sure they're talking the same language between engineers and then the, you know, the account managers. And three, buy your customers, but set the expectations so they don't have negative connotations going afterwards. That's amazing. I love it. Great advice. And Henry, it's been awesome to have you on. Any last words of wisdom before we <clears throat> run here? You know, like I said, I think one thing I'm, I'm learning a lot as well is AI is a nascent field. It's, it's fascinating. I hope more people get into it, but it's tough. But as, as we evolve, we need to think about marketing, sales, AI as a very, it's not a funnel in the sense, but a more of a flowing, continuous engagement. And that's why I think it's so important for your podcast is the customer aspect of how do you keep customer engagement? How do you, even after you sell the software, make sure afterwards you tune in and make sure they're happy and keep at it. So, you know, my final thoughts are, this is very great. And I think AI is going to take a lot of the aspects and improve our lives. And I'm excited to be here doing it. Love it, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining. It was really great to have you on and have you share all your words of wisdom and advice and perspectives on AI here and marketing today. You too. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me on.